Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in episode 84 What's Right with Nick Wright. We are live here on Thursday morning. We appreciate those of you watching us live on YouTube. Today is a special day for a number of reasons. It was just brought to my attention on Twitter. Today is just the 27th ever what people call sports equinoxes where the NBA, the the NFL, the NHL, and Major League Baseball All are playing games today. All four major American pro sports have games today. We have playoff baseball this evening. We have an NFL game this evening. I guess there's hockey games going on. I'm not (laughs) the one to ask about that. And, of course, two potentially awesome NBA games. As tonight, you have the Bucs making their season debut against the Sixers, who did not look good in the opening night of the season. And then the Clippers making their season debut against the Lakers, who also did not look good to open the season. Demonze and I were at the Nets game yesterday, as we will be staples at, as even though I do not root for that team, it is already a fascinating team, and we have season tickets. So we will discuss that shortly in the show. But as we always do, we must start with what we are not discussing on today's show. Here's what did not make the cut. Drama at the NFL owners meetings. Drama with Jim Ursay calling out the uh, Dan Snyder. Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft getting into it. Russell Wilson saying he has Wolverine blood, which led to this tweet from DeMonze. Well, there's the there's the tweet. Russell Wilson says he's hoping to play this week. Says he's feeling much better already. Said maybe he's got Wolverine blood. DeMonze then chimes in and tweets to him the a, following. Uh, oh, it was a different tweet. It was a different tweet. Yeah. Uh, my apologies. Russ also tweeted. For your glory, Jesus. And then DeMonte with a spicy tweet. <laughs> Jesus isn't going to save you from this one, Russell. Would you like to explain yourself? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm just tired of people bringing Jesus into it. When oh. They're just like, if you suck, you suck. Wow. It's like much similar to my friend. I gave him money. He swore up and down he was going to pay me back. And like, it came down to the time. And I was like, hey, man, I'm really going to question you as a man if you don't give me this money back. Okay. And he's like. Oh, it's a good thing only God can judge me. Okay, well, ask God for the money then next time. Okay, wow. Well, let's go. Demonze said, there's something I want to say about this tweet. <laughs> Little did I know he was going to use not only this show and this platform, but the open of it 
to vaguely threaten someone who owes him wait, money. Wait, wow. No. I, I mean, listen, the, the <laughs> listeners and viewers can view it however they choose. Hey, guy knows all of them. Uh, okay. All right. How much money are we talking about? It, it's, it was 200 bucks. Oh, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Is it still owed? Yeah. No, no, no. He's paid, he's paid off most of it. Okay. Most right. of it. Wow. $200 is a lot of money. All right. <laughs> let's start the show with a team that's got a payroll of nearly $200 million, but you couldn't see it from last night, the <laughs> Brooklyn Nets. Go ahead, Demonte. So, obviously, we went to the Nets-Pelicans season opener last night. Yeah. Ben Simmons finally played, but the Nets looked terrible. Yeah. Got blown out. Zion put up 30 in his first game after missing his last season. 25. Zion had 25 in his first game, but go ahead. Okay, sorry about that. Was this a bad sign for the Nets, or is it a good sign for the Pelicans? All right, so it, it, there's a lot there. Let's just talk with the Pelicans quickly. It's a great sign for the Pelicans. The the Pelicans are going to be good. And if Zion in his first game in a year is this level and he's, you know, you would expect him only to get better. Pelicans could be very good. You got some pieces. Well, and they have a move. I'm just going to keep dropping these little breadcrumbs. I think there is. If they want, they're going to give it a lot of time and maybe Zion and Brandon Ingram are going to be a great duo. If they end up wanting to shift some things around, Brandon Ingram's a hell of a piece. It's a hell of a piece on a good contract. It's on a max contract, but it's the rookie max. He's young. You could, so the, the, the key for the Pelicans is, is Zion going to be the guy he's been for his 85 game NBA career, which is, one of the most efficient, high-volume scorers in NBA history. That's what he's been through 85 games. He showed you, again. I mean, last night he was 50% from the field, and that's actually a downgrade from where he'd been. It was first game back. He looked awesome. He's flying around the court. He also got four steals. Okay, so that's the good, but that's not the most interesting. The most interesting is the Nets. Hard to count all the issues on one hand, guys. So Durant's awesome. Of course. I mean, Durant had an easy 30. And you know what? I shouldn't say easy because nothing's easy with them because they don't run an offense. But he had 30. He had, I think, four or five blocks as well. He did his job. But every other concern you have about the Nets reared its head. They still, we are in what, year three of the Nash era, appear to have no interest in playing defense. This despite the fact that Kyrie Irving, more on him in a moment, said he he wants to win Defensive Player of the Year. Okay? Said that. Their defense stinks. They don't have any front court depth. They just don't. It's Durant, Claxton, and some guys. Everyone's like, oh, they traded for Royce O'Neal. Who gives a damn they traded for Royce O'Neal? But the real issues are, of course, their starting backcourt. So you have Kyrie Irving, who submarined their season last year, who gave, like, it just the interviews he's giving are so weird. He talked about how, he talked to Shams and talked about how, you know, he has respect for the Celtics and the history, and, you know, he wished he had handled things differently when he was there. The dude gave the double middle fingers it, it, month, in one of the most recent games he played in the playoff game. Out it was of the gate with it. Out man. of the gate. It was He's so annoying. It was Easter Sunday of this past Easter. 
They the double middle fingers. I just remember because we watched that game from my mom's house. Remember, we yeah. watched the game winning yeah, layup. Yeah, yeah. So I remember exactly when it was. He also, I mean, it's just so he's such an odd duck. And then there's Ben Simmons. In his he, first game one in, for six or something like that. He was two for three. Two for three. His first game of the year. First game in more than a year. Fouls out. Right. Six in six, 23 minutes. Fouls. Fouls out in 23 minutes. Has no discernible impact on the game. On a max contract with three years remaining. He also hasn't played basketball in a very long time. Let's give him a break. I, I understand that, but he is... Folks, it, my dear friend Stephen A. picked the Nets to at least make the finals, if not win the championship. Broussard picked them to make the finals. A lot of people think they could be great. It is the same old Nets, but now they have added Ben Simmons, one of the least reliable max players in NBA history, to go alongside Kyrie Irving, one of the other least reliable reliable. max players in NBA history. And I, everybody gives me crap for my Kyrie opinion. They're like, oh, Nick, you wanted him on the Lakers. Of course. We'll talk about the Lakers in a moment. They need shooting. And LeBron has shown you he's the one guy. That can keep him in line. Yes. Yeah. It, but the, the Kyrie Irving legend so far outstrips the Kyrie Irving production. He's Stephon Marbury. Except Marbury, at least, had super affordable shoes and was a hero in China. Instead of affordable shoes and being a hero in the Asian markets, Kyrie Irving's got conspiracy theories and is a hero to (laughs) some of the dumbest people on the internet. (laughs) Kyrie's talking about wanting, but when they sit down with Shams, he wants to win all the hardware. Defense Player of the Year, MVP. This is where I remind people, Kyrie Irving, has been in the NBA for a decade. Every year, five people get MVP, or I'm sorry, every year, way more than five people get MVP votes, but there are 100 voters. They all submit five names. So 10 years times 100 voters, there's 1,000, five names. 5,000 names have been submitted, one through five on MVP ballots during Kyrie Irving's 10-year career. Uh, Derek Rose, when he was on the Knicks, name showed up on a ballot. Little Isaiah Thomas, when he was on the Celtics, his name showed up on a ballot. David Lee, Joe Kim Noah, David Mike Lee. Conley, <laughs> Goran Dragic, all of these guys in Kyrie's career, names have shown up on an MVP ballot. Kyrie Irving's has not. He has never gotten a single solitary fifth place MVP vote. Once at the end of the year, once he's been voted a top 10 player in the league. And by that, I mean he has been first or second team All-NBA one time. He was second team All-NBA once. Kyrie Irving has not had a single memorable or productive playoff moment outside of the first round since he left LeBron. He is talked about like he is this great player. He is a great talent. He is not a great player. And I the 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 Nets last night, you know what they played like? A team that wanted the coach fired. 
and <laughs> riddle me that. Their superstar demanded the coach be fired a few months ago. It's intriguing. All right, next. All right, we got the Lakers. They got smoked by Golden State in their first game. They play the Clippers tonight, who they've lost seven straight against. Yeah. In game one, LeBron dropped 31, 14, and 8. Oh, quick, by the way, shout out the NBA. Stat adjustment this morning. They, they gave him a, an extra rebound. So 31, 15, and 8 okay. for the third oldest player in the league, a guy in year 20. If LeBron doesn't play another game all year, it's already the best year 20 anyone's ever had. Look it up. Go ahead. All right. AD uh, had 27. AD had 27, and Russ had 19 oh, coming sure. off the bench. Or he didn't come off the bench. He came off the bench in the preseason. He started their game. It's, Which it's is why he had 19. Okay, sure. Go ahead. Well, LeBron's already making excuses, saying it's not like we've got lasers on our team mm -hmm. or anything. Are you mentally prepared for LeBron's evolution as the good guy, the good the guy with good stats on a bad team? Oh, yeah. I'm mentally prepared. <laughs> and the Lakers stink. And he's right about the shooting. I mean, it's a terribly built roster. It's just idiotic the way they've built it. They have, right now, the worst starting backcourt of any team that's not tanking. A Russ-Patrick-Beverly backcourt is just insane, and it's what they're rolling with. By the way, I should have mentioned this. We're live on YouTube, so you can do comments or questions in the chat, and in the C block, we'll get to them. The Russ thing coming off the bench thing, though, is interesting. Because so Russ came off the bench in the final preseason game, Demonze. Right. And then said he tweaked his hamstring. And then they started him in the, in the first regular season game. And he was asked about the hamstring. And, you know, Russ historically doesn't love the media. Right. And he was asked, like, hey, do you think part of why you hurt your hamstring was, like, your body's not used to, like, coming off the bench, you weren't warm. And Russ's eyes lit up and was like, absolutely, I think that's part of it. I've been doing one thing my whole career, and I didn't know what to do, and this or that. There's odd, call it rumbling speculation, that Russ's hamstring injury was a warning to the Lakers. You asked me to come off the bench, I can't guarantee you, like, I, my body can do that. <laughs> that rut because by the way, obviously the best move for the Lakers is to trade Russ. But in the meantime, their next best move is to, is to bring him off the bench for two reasons. One is they are eventually going to trade him. So develop your starting lineup and right. your chemistry within Make that unit. And while he's there, maybe the best version of him would be running his own unit for five minutes. You know what I mean? A, a half. He'd play more than five minutes a half, but right. running that second unit for five minutes a half, all of that makes a lot of sense. And there's also been, and I'm going to talk about the rust trades in a moment, there's also been an odd kind of backlash to the backlash. And Barkley did a thing. He was like, trade him. This is ridiculous. You've stolen his joy for the game. Okay. Obviously, Russ and the Lakers hasn't worked, and I'm a Russ fan long, you know, over the totality of his career. But there is some accountability on Russ's behalf, not just in that he hasn't played well and he hasn't evolved as a player or adjusted his game. He opted into this. Contract. Yeah, I was going to say, he could have got out of there. Could have could have left. Right. And gone anywhere he wanted. He chose, which is his right, and mo the vast majority of people would have done it, 
the $47 million he's owed under the player option over being in a situation where maybe he's more appreciated, has more freedom, can play his game, whatever. So I'm not, I'm not going to be, you know, playing any violins for Russ being in a bad situation when he had a player option and opted in because more power to him. He wanted the 47 million. I don't blame him for that, but that is what happened. Now on the trades, there's a lot of talk right now, and this is the only place I'll defend the Lakers. I won't defend them in their offseason signings. I won't defend them in the lack of shooting. Uh, there is, oh, and you know, before I even get to the rust trades, one other thing about that game. Anthony Davis was unbelievable in the first quarter. Yep. And then the next three quarters, he did the same BS he's been doing the last few years and just kept shooting jump shots. Over the last two seasons prior to this one, the single worst jump shooter in the NBA, 35% effective field goal percentage on jump shots, Anthony Davis. He either needs to fix his shot or play the position he's meant to play, which is center. Because in the first quarter, he was playing center and against Golden State was dominating their lack of their front line. And then he started floating around and doing this nonsense and wasn't that good the rest of the way. Now on the Russ trade. Yes, they could have traded him for Heald and Turner and include the picks. Where I will defend the Lakers on not making that move is this. I believe, Demonze, because of Big Vic, Victor Wimbanyama, and Scoot. Scoot, who's going to be the number two pick of the draft, who would be the number one pick in almost any other draft. Because of those two guys, there is going to be an unprecedented number of teams that quickly this year decide, yeah, we thought we were going to try to get the eight seed, but we are out of here. We're trying to rip it down. Charlotte's an example there. Portland might end up being an example there. Utah is already there. Because of that, I think there are going to be more players available than in years past. So if the Lakers want to hold their powder to see, okay, we know we could get Turner and Heald. What if we can get a better package from Portland or from Charlotte or a team that decides? As far as like picks? Is what you're well, saying? as far as players. Okay. Trade Russ and picks for rotation players this year. I think that is... I think that's why they haven't made the trade. It's also why discussing the Lakers is kind of crazy right now because this is not the team they're going to have. Yeah. Once they make the Russ trade, we'll see who they're going to be, and then they can be fairly evaluated. Either way, it's going to take a minor miracle for them to be a contender. All right, next. On a TV show or YouTube. Oh, by the way, our poll, I should say, oh, yeah. 70% of the audience says LeBron is just good stats, bad team guy. Okay, that's fine. He's also in year 20. 31, 15, and 8 in year 20. Seems good. Go ahead. On the TV show this week, you predicted Dallas beats Philly in the NBA Finals. Yeah. And you're fate, and you say that you're fading the Bucks because they don't have enough depth. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Mavs just have Luka. Mm-hmm. And they also blew a 22-point lead last uh, night. But they had a 22-point lead. You got to think about it like that on Phoenix. But they blew it. Uh-huh. Like the Ravens. Are you blinded by Game 7 Luka last year against Phoenix or what? What's going on? Okay. That is that's that's wild. What's wild? You're fading the Bucks, but you're going for okay. the Mavs. Being listen, Philly in the final. Well, well, listen, the Bucks thing's a bit of a zag. I, I will admit, I picked the Bucks to win the title each of the last two years, and I believe they would have crushed the Warriors if they had been healthy. I think they obviously would have beaten the Celtics if Middleton were healthy. 
Uh, your Celtics, by the way, looked phenomenal in the first night of the year against it's be a Philly. Great year. You know, Robert Williams out for like two more months, yeah, but they we don't care. The I mean, you do I mean, care. You care. love Robert Williams. To a degree. Uh, I do think maybe there was a little bit of an overreaction to the Udoka stuff with the Celtics. Just a bit. Like people maybe overreacted in that that just ruins the Celtics when maybe they shouldn't have. Philly, I know. So let me just explain myself on the Bucks thing. What the playoffs did show me last year is no matter how brilliant Giannis is, in an East as deep as this one, if the Bucks' entire big three is not there, they can be beaten. Giannis played a triple-plus basketball. Drew Holiday was sensational, and they lost that series. So it is concerning to me, not just because Middleton's not back yet, but even if he's healthy, Drew Holiday is a guy that has dealt with injuries throughout his career. And he's played a lot, long seasons last few years with Milwaukee. Something tells me he's going to get dinged. And because of that, I just can't pick Milwaukee. I know it seems speculative. Giannis is the best player in the league. I just, something doesn't feel right to me about them this season. So I'm taking that piece, I'm taking off the chessboard. The Nets are a joke. I'm taking them off the chessboard. Celtics were very impressive in game one. I will admit that. Let's leave them on the chessboard. They beat the people that you said were going to Well, it's 82-game season. Yeah. Yeah, Philly, I believed the the Philly pick was threefold. One is Embiid is going to continue to play like a top four player in this league. Second was Harden was going to be healthy, which he wasn't last year. He looked in this game. In fact, he looked a little too healthy. He dribbled the ball 550 (laughs) times. and the third one, a leap from Maxi, and in fact, a fourth one. The same thing I was saying about this unprecedented teams tearing their rosters down and guys becoming available. Philly, because they have a great GM and Daryl and the Tobias Harris contract, plus Tybal, is going to be involved in a trade, I would imagine. I think they're going to add another piece. For all those reasons, I like Philly. Dallas is purely a bet on Luka. I don't know if you remember the series, the 50 greatest players the last 50 years, but Luka Doncic's already one of the 20 best players the last 50 years. We talked about that. Oh. I think this is the year Luka runs the table on everybody. I think Dallas also, I love the Christian Wood addition. I know they lost Jalen Brunson, but they get Tim Hardaway Jr. back. They don't have to deal with Chris Stapps, who he and Luka never got along. All of that. I think Dallas is going to have the best offense, not in the NBA, the best offense in NBA history this year. They they had almost the best offense in NBA history two years ago with a younger Luka. Luka is in shape to start the season, something he's never been. They made the conference finals last year. The Clippers are the smartest bet to come out of the West. But I don't trust Kawhi to play 90 games. I just don't. And without him, they obviously can't do it. So I'm sticking with the maps. Go ahead. We're late, but go ahead. Let's do our last one. All right, you said uh, Luca is your pick for MVP. Yeah, so let's take him out for argument's sake and say and say who else would win. Yeah, would it be Giannis who gets his third, Jokic with a three peat, or somebody somebody else altogether? Oh, speaking of Jokic, I'm glad you mentioned <laughs> him. So all year last year, Nuggets country. Let's uh, ride. All year, yeah, there you go. Last year, I heard no, it's fine that Jokic wins MVP as a six seed. Because he doesn't have his two best players. 
they're a championship contender if they have their two best players. Yet, oddly enough, they, they have their second and third best players back this year. I didn't see many people picking them to win a championship. I didn't see many people picking them to make the finals. I didn't see that many people picking them to make the conference finals. And then yesterday, they play a team that is trying to be terrible. They <laughs> played the Jazz last night, Demonte. I know you weren't yeah. up for this one. The Jazz kicked their teeth in. The Jazz, who are trying to be the worst team in basketball, beat the Nuggets by 20. Jokic got cooked by Colin Sexton and then did a thing nobody talks about with Jokic. Low-key, dirty player. He's gotten kicked out of a playoff game for a dirty play. Remember, he shoved Markeith Morris when he wasn't looking. Markeith Morris missed months. I I don't know if that was exactly a dirty play. Which one? Not the one with Markeith Morris. When he pushed him? Markeith Morris wasn't looking. Gave him whiplash. He missed four months. Yeah, but... And then yesterday... Action and reaction. Okay, yesterday, Colin Sexton cooked him. So Jokic ran downfield, ran downfield, ran down the floor, knocked him over. Neither here nor there. Point is, Nuggets lost by 20 to the Jazz. Jokic is not winning a third straight MVP. The only guys to win three straight are Wilt, Russell, and Bird. He's not winning a third straight. Three guys got a lot, or four guys. Giannis is, I think, an interesting and probably good bet. I also, I mean, we talked about this before. What? I'm not going to say LeBron. No, I didn't think you were going to say LeBron. Who did you think I was going to say? Jason Tatum. Oh, Tatum's an interesting bet. Tatum did have 35. I wasn't thinking about Tatum. Tatum Watch out for that man. That I was going to say, as a long shot, Zion's percolating. Zion's percolating as a long shot. But if I if you were to tell me I can't bet Luka, I'd probably bet Giannis. Okay. Uh, you know what? I re- yeah, because now, especially after seeing one game, I know it's too it's not fair to do it this way, but you, I'm a little worried about Embiid's numbers not being off the charts because I do think Harden's going to have the ball a lot, a lot more than last year. The yeah. There's no one else in the East that is... People are like, what about Donovan Mitchell? Donovan Mitchell's not winning league MVP. Yeah, hey, right. the, He's just not. Uh, Steph, if the Warriors have a monster regular he's season... He's good, too. And I feel like people be like, hey, Steph hasn't won one in a while. These are the obvious picks. But Luke is going to win it, so it doesn't matter. All right. Keep keep dropping your questions in the chat. Take a quick 60-second break. Come back, talk a little NFL and some NBA before we get to your questions in the C Block. This is What's Right. We appreciate you watching and listening. With Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals, you will be eating stress-free this spring. Each meal is chef-crafted, fresh, and dietitian approved More importantly, they are never frozen and ready to eat in just two minutes. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled up all day long. Try meals with premium ingredients like filet mignon, truffle butter, and shrimp, restaurant-quality food that you do not have to prep, cook, or clean up delivered right to your doorstep. And if you need to change your deliveries, you can pause or reschedule whenever you like. Factor is your solution for fast and premium meals. Also, for the month of April, Factor is celebrating Earth Day all month long. 
look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for our lowest carbon footprint meals. So, what are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next. Fuel up fast, eat better, and get back to what you love doing this spring with Factor. Welcome back in. What's right, Nick Wright with Demonze. By the way, uh, I, I've always told you guys to subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching right now live, you're probably already subscribed on YouTube. But there's one other thing you could do. I, I didn't. I the whole time I've been doing this, I didn't know what the bell was for. But we now on Mondays and Thursdays do. You guys are watching us live. If you're watching it Monday or Thursday morning, or depending on where you are, we go live every Monday and Thursday at 10:30. If you hit the bell, click it right now while you're watching, you'll get an alert when we go live. I didn't know that's what the bell did. Evidently, that is what the bell did. That way, you can be a part of the show, not just by watching us do it live, but also by participating in the polls and the chats and the things that we do. If you're watching this or listening to this after the fact, don't worry about it, but you can always subscribe on YouTube and watch it live in the future. All right, we got a game coming up in a moment, but first... We got to talk a little Thursday night football. Demonze, go right ahead. Yes, sir. The Cardinals take on the Saints at home tonight. Yep. Arizona's been terrible, but they're one game away from first in the NFC West. Yeah, I mean, the NFC West's been a disaster. And they traded for goaded Robbie Anderson after his outburst. Why is he goaded? He's not. I think that, that was sarcasm. Oh, but, okay. That's fine. I didn't know. Because uh, Robbie Anderson's a clown. Yeah, I clearly He's a know. clown. I, I, I definitely beat Years ago, Demonze, when he was on the Jets, he came to First Things First and did an interview in studio. Oh, that's awesome. And he, it's not all, what else. He brought his mom. His mom was there and was like, like. On this, like was trying to get on. This. No, but was like, it was weird. I Maybe I shouldn't. Have yeah, this is story. off. This is off. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have told that story now that I thought about it. <laughs> I mean, you didn't go far with it. It was just, um, I mean, and, and the thing he did, I don't blame a guy for wanting to get out of Carolina. He has just made some reckless decisions. There's an odd police body cam video of him from years ago. I but So, of course, Arizona goes and gets him. Arizona, which spins draft picks on wide Bad receivers. Tra- the DeAndre Hopkins trade, obviously, was a great one. But then they trade a first-round pick for Hollywood Brown. Don't get it. Right. Now they trade a pick for Robbie Anderson. I just don't get it. But go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, so hopefully he fix it, fixes yeah. it or something. Cliffs Kingsbury is the is the favorite for the coach. Next favorite coach fired. In, exactly. Favorite I, in Vegas for next coach to be fired. Clearly, yeah. they haven't seen Nathaniel Hackett. Can DeAndre Hopkins come in and save the season, or could we see a new coach by next week? If they were smart, they'd have they'd fire Kingsbury. Okay. Now I've been on this for years. Yeah, clearly. I mean, Kingsbury again had Patrick Mahomes in the Big 12 at Texas Tech and never could win eight games. I mean, the guy got fired at his alma mater where he was a legendary player and then <laughs> parlayed that into a head coaching job in the NFL. He's never been good, ever. He is, however, not their biggest problem. Kyler. We got to have a Kyler Murray conversation. Right. This team has scored, I think, five first quarter points, like two on a safety. Maybe that's wrong. They have the... I, the Cardinals 
the way I'm just going to look it up right now. I'm going to go through it. It, it as far as and I think we did this last week as well, but they played tonight and it's just been awful. Their offense in the Kansas City game, they scored zero points in the first quarter. In the Raider game, they scored zero points in the first quarter. In the in the Rams game, pardon me, I just skipped one. In the Rams game, they scored zero in the first quarter. In the Carolina game, they scored zero in the first quarter. So we're at zero. In the Eagles game, they scored zero in the first quarter. And in the Seattle game, they scored three. So they've scored three first quarter points. Do I have that right? Am I reading that right? Is unbelievable. They have been in games this year at halftime down 23 to 7, down 20 to nothing in a game they won. That was the game the Raiders threw up on themselves. Down 13 to 6, down 10 to 3 to Carolina, <laughs> down 14 to 10. That was their best one against Philly. And then against Seattle, down 9 to 3. They, and then in the second half, Kyler goes off script and they make a few things happen. Kyler's got to be better. He's got to be better. You cannot be, where are they in this for the season? And so the answer, the, the short version is no, he can't fix it. it. One guy's not fixing it. Arizona this year has scored 114 points. Okay. That is more than only the following teams. The Broncos. It is well. The Broncos were dead last. Chicago. It's more than Carolina, who had the worst quarterback situation in football. It's more than Washington, who had a terrible quarterback situation. It's more than Green Bay and the Rams. Little sneaky problems. For them. Okay. Uh, it's more than Dallas, who was playing a backup quarterback all year. It's more than Houston and Pittsburgh, and that's the list. Got oh, and Indies ten. The. It, they have been, but so many of those points have come for in, you know, 15 of them came against the Chiefs when they were getting crushed, like in garbage time. Kyler will help. I'm sorry, Hopkins will help. And I'm not betting this game tonight because New Orleans has issues of its own. Arizona has no business being this bad on offense after giving Kyler Murray $200 million. And He's got to take some accountability that I haven't seen him take. All right, next. Two wrongs, one right. It's a game we play. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are playing two games. I mean, two wrongs, one right. Yep. First one, pick a star quarterback to turn around by the end of the season between Brady, Rodgers, and Stafford. All right, I'm going to surprise people here. I'm going to pick Tom Brady. I don't know if that's, I don't think that's a surprise. I think people expect me to be anti-Brady. Okay. But Stafford's offensive line, they just lost their left tackle. It was already a disaster. I think they are in real trouble. Rodgers doesn't want to take any accountability. The receivers probably hate him. Rodgers? Yeah. I don't think they love him. Because I think the difference between him and Brady, like the way Brady's come at his O-line and the way Rodgers has talked about his teammates, it's like very different. I feel like with Rodgers, I mean, Tom Brady, he's more hands-on. I want you to be better. Aaron Rodgers is like, fix it. Go take care of us. Like and like yeah. passive aggressive. Right. I also think here's the thing that I think Brady has in his back pocket. One of the reasons the Bucks offense has not been as good as you would expect is because Brady is not hanging in in the pocket and reading the whole field, making throws when he's going to get hit. 
if he sees a hit coming, he's getting rid of the ball immediately. Which, by the way, he's 45 years old, and they need him healthy all year. It's not, it, it's smart what he's doing. Like, he is preserving, right. and it's one of, the, one of the ways you can play 20-plus years. This is a LeBron thing as well for years. LeBron obviously, you know, had some natural physical gifts and spent a million-plus a year on his body to stay healthy. But he also understood how to stay out of situations where guys roll up on your ankles, where right. guys, which is why he was, LeBron was so mad two years ago when they were the defending champs and Solomon Hill's clumsy ass somersaults into his ankle when his back's turned and knocks him out for the year and kind of ruins Lakers' chance at a title defense. That's right. not that Brady, the one real injury he's ever suffered was when a guy, Bernard Pollard for the Chiefs, week one of 2008, was rushing the quarterback and kind of got tripped up and dove. And instead of hitting him here, hit him right right, shin. Yeah, hit him in the shin and blew his ACL. Brady knows how, yes, Brady's pliable and spends all this time and money on his body too, but he also knows how to avoid hits. So why am I bringing that up? I think come the end of the year, particularly come the postseason, Brady's going to stand in the pocket and take those hits right. and make the throws. So I think there's another level that he has the ability to unlock right. that he's saving because he doesn't want to be banged up throughout the year. So for that reason, the fact that Rodgers is having the worst year of his career, Stafford's offensive line and weapons are a disaster, and Stafford, it should be noted, last year led the NFL in interceptions. Last year led the NFL in pick sixes, even though they won the Super Bowl. So it's not shocking that is he leading the league in interceptions this year? I think he is. Yeah, he has eight. It's not shocking that he's leading the league in interceptions again. He's a high interception guy, so my answer is Brady. Next. All right, which surprise team off to a hot start will make the playoffs between the Jets, Giants, and the Seahawks? All right, with respect to the Jets, who are a great story, I love their defense. Not only how well it's playing, but the personalities on it. Quinn and Williams is that you haven't seen this video right after he was drafted. He was third pick of the draft a few years ago. Big, big kid from Alabama. Sneezed. Yeah, you've himself. seen it and blessed yeah. himself. I like him. You know, his brother is on the team. I didn't know his, that. His, I don't know if it's his younger or older brother, but Quincy. It's Quinnen and Quincy Williams. They're on okay. the team. Uh, Sauce Gardner is awesome. Right. I th- The problem for the Jets is twofold. One is the AFC is so much better than the NFC. And the other is, after this game against Denver, which they could win, they also, I think, are probably going to lose, but they could win. Home for New England, that's no walk in the park. Home for Buffalo, then a bye week. Then at New England, then home for Chicago, okay. At Minnesota, at Buffalo, home for Detroit, home for the Prince that was promised, then all the way across the country at Seattle, then at Miami in the final week of the year. It's a brutal remaining schedule, so I'm I'm going to cross the Jets off. Seattle, I would like to believe in because I think it is such, you know, I have shorted the Russell Wilson stock and nothing would be better than them actually, a team that people thought was tanking, right. making the postseason, them finishing with a better record than Denver. I do think they might finish with a better record than Denver. And they... They have some winnable games left, but they, and we got to see if the Rams get it together. But they also still have on their schedule. They're at the Chargers this week. 
They're home for the Giants, who we'll get to. They still have at Tampa, at Kansas City, two games against the Rams, I mentioned, home for San Francisco. I think Seattle could have a really good year, not make the playoffs. The Giants, on the other hand, right now, Vegas has the Cowboys as minus 800 to make the playoffs. Risk 800 to win 100 and the Cowboys making the playoffs. And the Giants only minus 190. I disagree with that. I think the Giants, even if they lose their next two games, which they could, at Jacksonville and at Seattle, they then get a bye. And they have on their schedule, home for Houston, home for Detroit, two more against Washington, and a home game against Indy. That doesn't even include the game against Dallas, two against Philly, and one against Minnesota. They, if they, even if they lose to Jacksonville and Seattle, they can get to 10 wins without beating one good team. They can get to 10 wins just by beating Houston, Detroit, Washington twice, and Indy. I think the Giants are going to make the playoffs, is the, is the short version of that. All right, next. Definitely the Giants, man. Uh, your preseason Super Bowl prediction was Kansas City, San Francisco. They play this weekend. What do you want to change? Chiefs and AFC, 49ers and NFC. Let it ride. All right. Real quick, before I answer that, we did get a comment in the chat. King of Fedoras said the Giants, if they can get a wide receiver at the deadline, defense is good, running game is great. They just need to get a wide receiver to help make things easier for Jones. Yeah, I mean, listen, the Kenny Galladay signing is one of the worst signings in the last couple of years in the NFL. Kadarius Tony hasn't been the guy or healthy enough to be the guy they wanted him to be. I, if the Odell Giants... Back to the city? Well, Odell's the one wide receiver that I would encourage the Giants to get because you don't have to trade any draft picks. The Giants, you got to be careful here. This is supposed to be a rebuilding year and you're trying to bank draft picks for the future. You don't want to start mortgaging that when you're not a Super Bowl team right now anyway. Uh, You know, some people would argue, I wouldn't do it. Some people would argue what the Giants should do is go the other way, trade Saquon. Because he's due a contract at the end of the year it's at the peak of his value. I wouldn't do that, but I certainly wouldn't be mortgaging future assets to get, because the thing is this, they're going to need all those assets possible because they still need a quarterback. Sorry, Daniel Jones. So I, I think they can make the wider, they, they make the players without adding a wide receiver. Now, you said my preseason Super Bowl pick. Uh, they play this weekend. What do I want to change? I don't want to change anything. I think the Niners are getting healthier. They have the best defense in the NFL when healthy. And while I don't like Jimmy G, no one in the NFC aside from Philly is overwhelming. And I want to see Philly against that Niners defense. If you were to tell me to the Niners aren't going to make it, I I think I'd sneaky pick Tampa. (laughs) And in part, that's because I... You know, my buddy who you know real well, Laszlo. Yeah. This was his pick at the beginning of the year, and I kind of dismissed it. He said Chiefs over Bucks in the Super Bowl. And his whole argument behind it was like the storyline of Brady's final game. Mahomes finally Just gets for him the in novelty. The, of yeah, it, Brady's final game. Mahomes finally gets him in the playoffs, and it's the official handoff. From the greatest ever to the potentially next greatest. Uh, yeah. I, 
I, I'm not, listen, I, despite losing to the Bills, we talked about on Monday, I'm sticking with the Chiefs and the AFC. And I think the Niners, despite that terrible loss this weekend to the Falcons, they were so banged up. You can't dismiss it, but it's not, it's not that concerning. And the thing the Niners have going for him is that division, nobody's better than three and three. So even though they've had a rough start, they're still tied for first in the division. All right, next. Oh, uh, a couple more NBA questions. Last year, John Morant took the leap to superstardom. Who will take the biggest jump this year between Anthony Edwards, Paulo Banquero, and Zion Ponchero? Sorry, buddy. No, you got it right. Zion Williams. It's Boncaro, right? Boncaro, yeah. yeah. And Zion. All right. I Listen, this is a tough one because it, it's the ant. I don't think Paolo is going to be a superstar, but he also is a rookie. So, like, what's the leap? I think Zion is already a superstar. I think Zion's already there. I think Zion, my and Anthony Edwards, I expect to be really good, yeah. but I don't think he's going to be like a massive leap the way Ja went from. Did you see that him and Carl Anthony Towns weigh the same? I think Anthony Edwards might weigh a little bit more than him. I did not see that. That seems impossible. It's insane. Are it's, you sure you're not giving out fake news here? It's either it's either Carl Anthony. I mean, it's either uh, Anthony Edwards is like five pounds less than him, just the same, or like he's he's right around there. And he, the guy Carl Anthony Towns has what like five inches on him. Or just gotta have like more than six that. or seven Hold exactly. On. All right, the the sports rush says, and and it's on Reddit. Seven foot Carl Anthony Towns is listed at a lower weight than six foot four inch Anthony Edwards. Yep. So. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I mean, mean that was a solid dude. He's a real Carl Anthony Towns is listed at two thirty eight. Anthony Edwards is listed at two thirty nine. I'm gonna say Carl Anthony Towns weighs more than two thirty eight, but it does speak to how solid Anthony Edwards is. Uh, my answer here, I guess, is Zion. Even though I think he's already a superstar, maybe others don't. I think Zion's gonna be first or second team All NBA this year. I think Zion's yeah. going to be sensational. I think Anthony Edwards will be really good, and Paolo probably wins Rookie of the Year, but that doesn't make you a superstar. All right, last. Which title contender is most likely to fall apart and become a lottery team between the Celtics, the Sixers, and the Clippers? Ooh, I don't think any of these teams are going to be lottery teams. Yeah. But the know. one, if you were to tell me one of them is going to be a lottery team, my answer would be the Clippers. And it's only because... They are the biggest injury risk of the three by far. I mean, Kawhi hadn't played in more than a year. Paul George has had a bunch of surgeries. John Wall has barely played over the last four years. And so, for all those reasons, my answer would be the Clippers. Sounds like there is mayhem going on outside. I don't know if you guys can hear that or not. Here's what I want to do. Take a very quick break and come back answering your guys' questions, reading your guys' comments live in the chat. We'll do that as we wrap up episode 84 of What's Right with Nick Wright. All right, welcome back in. What's Right, Nick Wright. Final segment, we're going to answer your guys' questions. I was just showing Demonze a video uh, from last night of Colin Sexton cooking Nikola Jokic a few times last night, and then Jokic running down the court and just knocking him over. Yep. I mean, I the... Jokic is developing a bad reputation as far as his temper goes. And I know everyone's like, ah, oh, Nick, you're always killing Jokic. I Guy's gotten kicked out of playoff games for dirty plays. He hurt Markeith Morris. I don't love it. I just don't love it. All right, Demonte, let's read the questions from the fans. Yep, let's do it. Omer from Israel asks, yeah. he says, love your show in the, 
in the pod. Question is, Mac Jones, the Patriots starting quarterback by the end of the year. If not, is this his last year in the, in the league? All right, definitely not Mac Jones last year in the league. Okay. I mean, listen, he's proven enough that he's, I think he's a fringe starting quarterback or a really good backup quarterback. I am not certain he's going to remain the Patriots starting quarterback. Zappi's been excellent. And Mac got hurt. There's a lot of rumors about how about Mac, the way the Patriots wanted Mac to get surgery. He didn't want to get it. Zappi's been great. They're winning. So listen, I and Belichick has not just come out and been like Mac's our starting quarterback the way he did for Cam a few years ago when Cam wasn't playing well. So there's no chance Mac's out of the league. Is there a chance he loses his job to Zappi? Absolutely, there's a chance. Go ahead. Next question. Oh, Brandon asked, Nick, what's the book to start off the book club? Oh, that is such a great question. So let me, uh, so this is the book that we're going to start off the book club with. We're going to, we're going to finish this book by Thanksgiving. And we're going to, at the end of Thursday shows, do a little like recap of where we're at in the book. Okay. That's how we're going to do it. A weekly check-in in the book club. By the way, hold on. So the book we're going to read is A Little History of the World. This is was written almost a uh, 100 years ago, and or maybe 60 years ago. And it is, I, I had never read it. I found it at a bookstore about a month ago and then read about it. Like, oh, what's this book? Because I love history. And it is a true, like, it was written for young people, for kids, to teach them history and ended up becoming considered one of the most accessible, easy to read, kind of like a Cliff's Notes of the entire history of the world. It starts at the beginning of civilization and takes you up to the early 1900s. Okay. I'm only like 40 pages through it, and it's been great so far. So A Little History of the World by E.H. Gombrich okay. is the name, a German fellow. But I want to read an email I got. Uh, and I hope you're and Matt from, I don't know if I, I don't want to get him in trouble. I don't think I get him in trouble. I got this email on Friday from Matt from Penguin Press. And Matt, sorry I didn't respond. I need to hire an assistant to deal with my emails. I'm terrible at emails. Oh. I hope this is still, I, I said that to Monza because I offered him that job six months ago. <laughs> he did it for one day. Um, I hope this email address for Nick Wright, I hope this is still the email address for Nick Wright and his show. What's right? I'm the associate publisher at Penguin Press, a division of Penguin Books. Most importantly, I'm a huge fan of Nick's and perhaps the only listener of his that perks up when he mentions tennis and books. I've long been waiting for Nick to write a book. Do I remember correctly when he said he had started one? That is true. I turned the book that I had started into our 50 Greatest Players the Last 50 Years video series. Right. Um, but now with the advent of the What's Right Book Club, even if it was a joke, I knew I needed to reach out directly. May I suggest, as one of the first book club picks, my biggest bluff, how I learned to pay attention to my uh, to pay attention, master myself, and win by New Yorker writer Maria Konnikova who decided to learn poker with the help of legend Eric Seidel as a way to understand what poker can teach us about human psychology and vice versa. Went on to become a semi-professional gambler herself. It's the perfect read for thoughtful degenerates 
which I can imagine make up the majority of Nick's fans. He's dead on. Please pass along my thanks, Nick, for consistently putting out the most interesting sports content, not being afraid to reach third rail issues like politics and race. If he ever has interest in exploring a book, I'm all ears. My group publishes a wide range of genres from politics to history to science fiction to sports. Matt from Penguin Press. First of all, Matt, shout out to you, buddy. Second of all, that will be our second book in the book club, My Biggest Bluff. But first, we must all, and by the way, Demonze, this includes you. We must all read A Little History of the World by E.H. Gombrich. Are you going to read it? I'll probably download it on a... Uh, what? What does that mean? One of those Lean things. into the mic so people can hear One you. One of those things. I'll a Kindle? A, yeah, exactly. I'll just buy... You know what? Let me just go ahead. Read it to Let me, me just go ahead and hop on Amazon right now. And I'm going to buy two... Well, one copy of A Little History of the World, because I already have one. And, and I'm going to buy well, thank two... Thank you for scaring away all our viewers I, with all this. Book people stuff. like to learn, buddy. The, the I'm going to buy that. In fact, I'm going to get the hardcover for me and the softcover for you. I like a good hardcover book. Like, I'm not... You know, paperback's cheaper, but I like a good hardcover book. Yeah. It looks better on the shelf. Um, And then the... What book did Gabe the Goodwin biggest says, bluff? Gabe Goodwin says, Nick, please check your LinkedIn notifications on your own time. We're making a sports show there. We're making a sports show here. Okay. I'm glad. First of all, I'm glad Gabe decided to come into work today. That's <laughs> nice. Second of all, hey, Gabe, I'm just curious. What part of uh, promoting, of working on this show is that is, what part of your job is you tweeting during the show Uh about someone else's podcast. <laughs> I'm just curious because Gabe Goodwin at uh, 1020 a.m. Gabe Goodwin at 1020 a.m. tweeted to Je- Jeff Schwartz about the podcast that the Kelsey brothers do uh, just so he could get some anti-Brady propaganda in there. So, Gabe, well, I appreciate you checking in today. Why don't we stay locked in on, you know, the podcast that's going on right now and leave the content to what's called the talent. If I want to talk books, I'm going to goddamn talk books. Pardon my language. All right, next question in the chat. All right. Uh, Nicole says, Nick, been listening since early mornings in Houston. Can you share the story of your first company, Bridgewater LLC, maybe for the gambling show? Oh, wow. So this was great. So me and Sean Pendergast and Ted Johnson, we found Teddy Bridgewater to be a first round pick was even money on these offshore betting sites. And we were, it was so obvious he was going to be a first round pick that we pooled our money multiple accounts and max bet it okay it was even money so a dollar to one dollar and then draft comes along he's not taken in the top 10 it's like okay it's no problem and then he's not taken in the top 20 getting a little nervous and then pick 28 not taken 29 not taken 30 not taken and let me find that that who was who these people who was drafted and who had the picks. This was an unbelievable moment. It was such a good moment. So this is the 2014 NFL draft. So there were not a lot of, like, no-doubt quarterbacks. And in fact, uh, Blake Bortles 
went number three. And then there were no quarterbacks taken for the rest of the first round until we get to number 30. San Francisco is the 30th pick. They have cap. They're not taking him. Denver is the 31st pick. They have Peyton Manning at the time. They're not taking him. Seattle has the 32nd pick. Last pick of the first round. They have Russell Wilson. They're not taking him. And we're like, oh my God. We lost all this money. Right. And then Minnesota trades with Seattle to move up to number 32 to draft Teddy Bridgewater. And that was a, it was a great radio bit in the whole nine. So that's that's the story Dude, on. I'd yeah. be hot, high off that for so many days. Oh, it was so great. That's it was amazing. Such a rush on that draft. It's like six hours in round one. Right. We're just waiting for Teddy's name. It was so good. All right, next. Uh, Dre Bennett asks, did Demonze succumb to the pants peer pressure, or is he actually aware of the cold weather? Oh, why don't you answer that? Uh, why are you wearing pants, not shorts today? Dude, because it is cold outside. Okay, so it wasn't peer pressure. It's, it's because it was cold. No. If it were 10 degrees warmer outside, I would have came in some probably just black shorts. Okay. All right. So, listen, he's his own man. All right, last one. We got David asks, will you please stop betting on the Jaguars? It pains me. It pains me too, David. Well, gambling show tomorrow. Jags laying three points, three point favorites against the Giants. Giants are five and one. Jags are two and four. The whole world's going to be on the Giants. Oh, that does feel like an opportunity. Tune into the gambling show to find out <laughs> if I get off that Jags narcotic or if I run it back one more week. Today was a great show. Great job, young man. We got a, this is oh, exactly one hour. Well done by all the producers that produced this show. Kind of a crappy job by Gabe Goodwin, who was producing other shows <laughs> and then talking trash about this show. And Victor, better. And by the way, also America, tomorrow's gambling show. We have, uh, we have the only audio engineer in the country to be a documented 0-5 against the spread last week. So we'll find out Victor's picks on the gambling show tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening and watching, guys. What's right? Uh...